Hey everybody, Kylan here. I just wanted to pop in before the episode begins to talk about that sweet, sweet sound you hear underneath my voice. What is that? Guys, that is in fact a brand spanking new Five Iron Frenzy song called When They Find You featuring Mike Herrera from MXPX. This is freaking awesome. Uh, this song is available on all streaming platforms as of today to celebrate Five Iron Frenzy Day. And if you stick around at the end of the episode, we're gonna play this song in its entirety. So let's get right to it. Welcome, everybody, to a new episode of Church Jams Now, the podcast where typically three former youth group kids and current music nerds do a deep dive on Christian music of the 90s and 2000s. Today, we are doing something a little bit different. We are deep diving not necessarily on an album, just with a person. Guys, we have uh, Leonor Ortega Till here coming to talk with us. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. Hi. Hi from Denver. Hi from yeah. Denver. Otherwise known as Jeff the Girl, do you still <laughs> yes, do you still claim absolutely. that moniker? Is that a you know what? If I do an autograph, I sign Jeff the Girl because you know otherwise it's my signature, yes. which is very different, right? Right. So yeah, if they hand me something to sign and I'm you know never too cool to sign something, <laughs> then I it's Jeff the Girl for sure. That's amazing. I almost wonder if we should call this like Jeff Jams now. Oh. this episode specifically yeah yeah but the thing is kind of after i got into my 30s i let go of the jeff name and now i'm like closing in on 50s let's let's leave jeff behind <laughs> fair <laughs> enough fair enough maybe that i respect is, that, that. Is valid okay that's a great autograph though i get that like yeah that, that has its purpose right in that context and people know what it means like if you say jeff the girl pretty soon guess what in two weeks guys i'm going to furnace fest nice. oh, can sweet. you believe so i was looking at the lineup first time i heard about this last year i heard about it and i wanted to go and i was like dude it sounds like a beefy dude fest and it's not just a beefy dude <laughs> fest but a lot of the bands are and a lot of the bands i like like avail stretch armstrong pedro the lion mm -hmm. um I mean, Sunny Day Real Estate's playing. Yes, I know. Awesome. It's going to be crazy. And Squad 5-0 is playing right before us. <gasps> Squad's playing? Yes. <sighs> so here's a crazy thing, right? If you say you're Jeff the Girl playing, I think it kind of conjures up a different visual than most of the bands and the dudes at the, right. at the Furnace Fest. True, it's be yeah. Very interesting. It is. I love oh, it. Yeah. It's going to be so fun, though. I, I'm That's more cool. excited to go than I am to play. I mean, I'm excited yeah. to play. Yeah. But <laughs> as a that. fan, I'm like, I'm getting there when it starts. I cannot sell any right. merch. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Sunny Day Real Estate. And uh, Pedro's doing, they're doing all of Control, right? They, and that's that right? one of my oh, favorites. Awesome. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yes. That's going to uh, rule. It's going to be like, yeah, goose goosebump worthy, right? Mm -hmm. For sure. So we, the way that we kind of wanted to structure this, I guess, mm -hmm. was honestly not really structured uh all three of us kind of wrote some questions and and we figured we're all kind of music nerds so we'll okay. just kind of you know talk about music and nerdy stuff that sounds that's good cool. you know i'd so, rather talk about music than anything and it's funny because a lot of the times when you do interviews they want to talk about how did the band get together how'd you get your nickname what do you like on pizza and it's like can we talk about music yeah, yeah. 
right? So I think yeah. this is gonna be good. This will be fun. That's sweet. Okay, so then uh, let's yeah, just let's, let's just lead right off. What do you remember? What is the first album that you bought with your own money? Unfortunately, it was a tapes used to have singles, cassette tapes, right. and it was Dancing on the Ceiling by Lionel Richie. <laughs> oh man, that's that's that's, that's know, a that's solid one. That rules. One. That's not an embarrassing one, but it just. <laughs> You know, and then those little singles had like two songs on one side and one song on the other side. Right. And it was like a, a paper sleeve. So I bought Dancing on the Ceiling. And then the other one I bought with my own money, and this is super embarrassing, was Happy to be Stuck with You by Huey Lewis. Yes. And I don't even hey. remember what was on the other side. <laughs> like, you, I, just, got, I thought that song was so cute. I love Huey Lewis. So that's yeah, cool. Jo- yeah. Josh, is a, Josh is a big Huey oh, Lewis. Oh, All of Five Iron is huge. Micah. So uh, Micah is a huge Huey Lewis fan. Really? And um, uh, Heart and Soul, you know that song? Mm-hmm. Okay, so the cor- so the verses, he'll be driving the school bus. I have a distinct memory, driving the school bus. We used to live in one, and it had a radio in the front. And so anyone who's in the back of the school bus just can kind of do their thing, but the people in the front would hear it really loud. So Heart and Soul, the verses, he'd have quiet. And then when the chorus would come out, da, 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 he'd put it full blast. Oh, great. And then oh, the verse would come man. on and he'd turn it down and everyone's Turns like, does he know we're listening? Like, why is he? He's such a rhythm guitarist. That's yep. so good. Mm-hmm. He was leaning into it. That's oh, awesome. Yeah. Man, Lionel Richie and Huey Lewis in the news, that's that's that, that's not bad, man. That's but not yeah. bad. Those are big I names, don't like yeah. that question because, to be honest, when growing up, we had a music room in my house. My mom was going back to college when I was in elementary school. My dad, uh, he if you need a, a visual of my dad, he pretty much talks and looks like Cheech. Okay. <laughs> mustache, he's from North Greeley. Yeah. He's got mm-hmm. the accent. So um, we had a whole room that had pianos, trumpets, saxophones, percussive instruments. Mm-hmm. And he had a record player and we would jam like Motown. Just yeah, that was my life. And so even though I didn't own mm. like my own money, but I grew up with like Motown and old Mexican and Spanish music since I was young. That actually was my next question was like, what kind of household did you grow up in with like music, like music stuff around? And uh, that's well, I want to say one thing that is funny because you were saying that this is a uh, Christian musician podcast kind of vibe, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Well, I didn't know there was Christian music. I didn't know there was Christian music till I joined Five Iron. I mean, I knew there was Amy Gray. Right. And I knew there was The Champion. That mm-hmm. song we would do at Easter when we'd go to church once a year. Is yeah. that the Carmen one? Carmen, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> this is going to sound really awkward. But growing up, the most religious music was always Al Green, Sam Cooke, Prince. Oh, completely. Right. So it was always, but here's the problem, right? Which is cool. Those are also the most sexual musicians. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, right, right. Uh-huh. So, and, and, and Marvin Gaye, so like Marvin Gaye, right? You're listening to, uh, you know, what's going on? Don't go and talk about my father. God mm-hmm. is my friend. Mm-hmm. Jesus is my friend. And that was our worship music was like old Motown, right? Right, right. Maybe some Elvis. My dad would put on Elvis and talk about Vietnam and cry, even though he didn't go to Vietnam. You know. <laughs> It's a genuine draft and knowing people. Uh, did you did you ever listen to Larry Norman? We just covered Larry Norman's Only Visiting This Planet from 1972. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, that album is so good. Well, it's here's like... the problem. So I didn't grow up in this culture either. So I, when I was on a church staff, we watched, well, it was Stum of the Earth Church, so it's a little different, but um, we watched the Larry Norman documentary. And did that you? was oh, yeah. heavy. That was beautiful. Like people like, Larry Norman, Keith Green, Steve, Stephen Curtis Chapman, 
all those guys are guys that five iron grew up with. Like a lot of mm, those guys right. grew up with like more youth groupy stuff and more, um, well, Dennis grew up with yacht rock. <laughs> yes. uh, he definitely, oh. yeah. But, but most of the other guys, they grew up with Christian metal and then the old greats, kind of like what you said, like altar boys. So I didn't know that stuff when I joined five iron, it was like, they felt they had to personally educate me to death. Right. <laughs> right. So I got like mixed tapes for my Walkman altar boys, the best of tourniquet, the best of engines rising, the best of, you know, mm, that's so great. Though. That's so great. That's good. It's important. But I also was kind of like, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was right. it like when you, cause you didn't grow up with Christian music and what was like that whenever they started introducing you, what was your reaction? Like, what did you think of all of it? The first time I went to Cornerstone, I was in awe. Like I physically was shaken that there was Christian rap. I was 18. Mm -hmm. And it was at night and Living Sacrifice was playing. There was a rap tent. There was a dance tent. Five Iron had played. Supertones had played. And there was gothics running everywhere. And I was like, holy crap. This is like <laughs> what heaven's going to be like. Like right. I never, I was a little punk rock chick with a mohawk and like grew up, you know, well, not grew up, but eventually I would gotten really into like no effects and bad religion and like punk music. And to hear all this other music that was for the Lord and being a spiritual person, I was like, this is beautiful i i loved it and then the more that the guys showed me of bands and like the musical talent and the, and then the problem is the disfortunate issue and you guys know this is that christian music gets lumped as christian music exactly mm -hmm. well that's the whole but premise when you go of this to festival, podcast right yeah. yeah yeah you're gonna find rap you're gonna find dance you're gonna find electronic you're gonna find ska and it's like we don't even consider the genres because it's quote unquote christian music but right, right. the problem is the musicians notice it yeah, it's a, it's a very unfair categorization. It just makes no sense. Yeah, that's kind of been our whole thing because like, like with us, like being raised in that is like, well, this mm -hmm. is the music you have to listen to. So yeah. Well, it can be good. any style, so that's kind of cool. Cause that is true. Because have that a handle true. on metal. Yeah. And then everyone else is just writes point. it off as Christian music. So we're kind of going back and going through and being like, hey, it, like on each of these albums, like a lot of people worked on them. And mm -hmm. we want to like give them the sort of like the space to like be evaluated critically, whether that's good or bad, you know, like kind right, of just put, right, them on, right. put it on the same level as everything else. I just think that's Absolutely. so rad. I would love to know uh, and and take this question however you like, um, but maybe a best, worst or just funniest studio experience that comes to mind. Um, anything that's kind of quirky or fun or really intense, just answer how you like. Uh, yeah, the first studio experience was really bad, really bad, because <laughs> I was out of high school. The only reason I was in the band is because I was a girl that liked to pray before shows. So they asked me to be in the band and I was Micah's cousin and I wasn't a good saxophone player. I just was a saxophone player. <laughs> um, so we get down 1995. We get to Albuquerque. Thank the Lord that this album, this demo never saw the light of day. The um, <laughs> person who made it actually went bankrupt and lost all the tapes, which is oh, good no. because we sucked. But um, <laughs> we were trying to record and I'd never been in the studio ever. And I wasn't even very good. And back then we didn't have a metronome. So we're like, if you've ever heard early recordings, especially live of Old West, it's supposed to go like da 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 But when you're like 18, the song comes out da 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 Right. It's hysterical, right? So fast. And back in the day, Scott was not known, and he doesn't care if I say it now, I hope, but I don't care. He was not the most chill back then, and he was the main songwriter. You know, So he had this vein that would pop out on his head, 
Yeah. And then Brad and I are trying to record and Scott's like clapping slowly going, if you can't get this right, I'm going to hire some musicians that go to college here. And Brad and I went to the McDonald's and had a good cry. Oh. And we got our horns and we went to a parking garage and underneath it's nice and echoey. Yeah. Practiced for hours. Wow. Hours. Like we were petrified. We're like, yeah. You know, I've only been in the band a few months and right. at 18 years old. And oh, yeah, of course. It would be so intimidating to have somebody come at <laughs> you like so that. Right. <laughs> Scott has learned. And it's funny. It's like the joke now. Like the joke now is he'll laugh and he'll go, I'm not like that now. And, <laughs> and we can kind of talk about it. But that's great. That was probably the first experience that. And, and unfortunately, what that did is it honestly made me just like recording. So every year we'd go into the studio oh. and start producing like an album a year. I'd start to get really heightened. I'd yeah, start to like get really anxious. nervous. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, and it gets even worse where, so when we did Engines of a Million Plots, we had been broken up from 2003 to 2011. Mm-hmm. The time I'd gotten married, I'd had two kids. Right. Like most of us had had some kids at this point. Um, and yet the old roles, just like with siblings, they start coming back. It's kind of all, yeah. But this time it was Dennis because he had been working and he does work in a music house in New York City in Brooklyn. Super cool mm. recording studio, right? Wow. And I'm recording in the booth and he walks by and I just hear, you know, it gets quiet and there's Dennis talking to the producer. And then he comes back on, he goes, actually, can you try that again? But like an octave lower. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I have been practicing these songs for months. Right. Dennis is an amazing musician, comes and changes it on the spot. Anxiety. <laughs> so they learn like to crawl oh. on the floor when they want to say anything. So I don't see them in there. So I have anxiety. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's rough. It's rough. Man, studio time can be really, yeah, it can, it can be like a heightened situation. Mm-hmm. If you're, if you feel on the spot, especially when you're the one in the room, like, you know, right. the red lights on and you're tracking. All eyes on you. And, and they can hear it crystal clear. Yeah. They're they're sitting in their comfy couches, yeah. sipping on their Perrier, just critiquing your <laughs> Where take. Where are you recording, TJ? This sounds fancy. I know. I was going to say Masaki watching Law & Order and eating rice. Uh, electric lady. Uh, I was yeah. just there Naturally. yesterday. Naturally. Yeah. I do, I do want to share a really good story, though, a redemptive Please. Oh, yeah. of recording. We're here for so, it. So out of all of our albums, there's only one that we recorded here in Denver. And that was the only one that we attempted to record horns at the same time. So usually horns are all individual, right? Dubbed, yeah. And Dennis, because he has really good chops and I don't know, there's not really a leader thing, but he usually records first and then we kind of follow him. Like where he swells, mm-hmm. we swell. Where he ends, we end. And that's beautiful and easy to do, right? Yeah, makes sense. I, I wouldn't say it's hard. But then when you're all three trying to record and trumpet is getting exhausted because chops don't last as long, and Dennis can pull it off a thousand times in a row. And I'm just forgetting the notes. Like it's hard. It's yeah. hard because you're doing yeah. the whole take at the same time. Yes. But on the song, my evil plan to save the world. Oh, I yeah. love that song. So there's, there's the, the, the horn line that goes. The second time we did it through, I swear guys, that was like a sacred moment. Like we played it so smooth <laughs> and so perfect. Like we just stopped and we recorded and we were like, whoa. You're like, and that in awe. From like you know, <laughs> 10 years playing together, right? right? Yeah. But if you listen to that album, um, which is people love that album, Quantity, the horns are all together at the same time. We were in the same room doing it. Oh, that's and, so rad. And it was meaningful. It was really that's cool. Incredible. So you can feel that vibe. 
Yeah. Was that just like that experience? You're like, that was fun. Let's go back to solo tracking now. Or <laughs> I don't really get a say, but I will be honest that recording in Denver is way too hard because when you have your loved ones around, uh, back then anyway, when the band was our full time gig, it's very distracting. And then you get a million people hanging out. Um, so for us, it was always good to have a destination. Go somewhere. Yeah. Because you get more done, probably. Like you're more productive. Well, I mean, check out like Red Hot Chili Peppers. All these famous bands rent a house in the Hollywood Hills. Right, mm -hmm. right. And if we could do that for even just writing, then it wouldn't take us seven years to put an album out. Mm -hmm. I get that. Because that. I yeah. do everything all at home. And I've, yeah. uh, guys, when, when was my album supposed to come out? Like five years ago? <laughs> Like, and you said you have a two-year-old? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, it's exactly. like, okay, when she naps, I get 45 minutes if I can go in the closet and, like, maybe knock something out. So, yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's but this last album, Until This Shakes Apart, we recorded it at Scott's house, which is here in Denver. He made his basement into a recording studio. And the cool thing oh, about wow. that was he would have more ideas, mm. and especially for the horns and vocals. And he'd say, can you guys come over? And we're like, yeah. So we were popping out so gang like, vocals, oh, more yeah. horn parts, like, right up until it was like needed to go so it was so cool because last minute everything could be added whenever yeah it was awesome and it sounds incredible so just as a testament to like you can do it at if, if your home studio is nice right and if you're working with pros like you right. can make incredible music that way uh i was gonna ask if that made because for the engine demos i've like listened to the ones that scott did where it has like all like the horn parts already like midied in and everything but yes. for until the shakes apart was it more of like an organic thing where y'all were writing with scott to come up the with problem is scott doesn't let us he he brings us a song <laughs> i don't like, like that here He's it is songs now for more music which is cool but i'm like dude you can do it we know we know. <laughs> you've get proven it. yourself Stop. like my favorite my favorite and i hardly get to do it is when i get to add the horn parts i've done vocals and melodies for a handful of, of five iron songs mm -hmm. but like one of the main horn lines that I got to write, and I don't get to write very much, was a dog food, if you ever heard that, on Cheeses. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. you hear that mm -hmm. song? It was kind of like more punk horns, but very rarely do I get to write, because it's like a totem pole of musicians. There's so many. Right. right. So honestly, to be honest, I wish that he wouldn't always write the horn parts. And But the problem is, we call it demoitis, and I'm sure you know what that is. Like, once yes. he's put him in, he struggles to change it. He's stuck right. on it. Yeah, yeah, you get stuck and, in that. So I wish he would that's keep real. He would send us, you know, blank slates and let us try. Yeah. Right. Well, hey, here at Church Jams now, I don't want to speak for the other guys, but I will be the first to sign the petition to let <laughs> Leonore write the, the sax parts on the next album. Like, yeah, right. I'd have to make my own. This is what he would say. I'll be the fanboy. Very kindly. He would say it very kindly. He will say, I'm sure you can find people that want to do that with you. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. Like many times I'll say, like, I want to do a, more punk songs than Fiverr. And he's like, I'm sure you can find people that would love to write punk songs with you. <laughs> and he's not wrong. Wow. He's not yeah, wrong. Right, right, yeah. That's so funny. It's rough out there, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Did that, that change after Scott left? Was it our newest album ever was his last album after? Right. So when the songwriting kind of dynamic shifted, how were y'all coming up with horn parts? That was fun. Mostly Dennis. But then again, we all lived together. We were doing so much of life together that, again, it would be mm. organic. Like we would kind of sing parts over it. And we always we have a saying called whatever's best for the song. Yep. Yeah, that's good. And that's good. Sorry, my dog is barking. But, oh, yeah. but the concept of whatever's best for the song means you cannot get your feelings hurt. Mm -hmm. Right. 
it's not personal. And the first time I learned this was during, um, I think it's Anthem. There's a trombone solo in it and it was going to be my solo. And I showed up to the studio and there's Dennis recording. <laughs> and you, oh, whatever's no. best for the song, dude. Like you yeah. learn, you do learn. Like, cause mm-hmm. oftentimes I will submit lyrics and melodies for songs. And then the same songs Reese does. And I'll just be like, right. dude, this is better. It's like, like, and like it's better. cool. Right. It is so fine. And that's my question, because t- I, I love that, you know, that concept of like serving the song, whatever is best for the song. But it's like what you still run into. I mean, correct me if you uh, think I'm wrong or, or if you disagree. Uh, but it's like, who gets to decide what that is? I'll tell you. I'll tell Are you all diplomatic about it? Do you vote well, or like, how does that here's work? How it works. I'll tell you the system and it's 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 our way of doing it. It's worked great. We okay. are a democracy. Okay. We don't have a band leader. We don't have a manager. We've fired managers because we have too many band members that can do too many things. <laughs> right. Yeah, that and, makes it, sense. and it ends up hurting their feelings, but it's like, oh. we don't need you. No offense. Um, yeah. One person will write the song. It could be mm-hmm. Micah. It could be Dennis. It could be Sonny. It could be anybody in the band, right? And some of them have been like Andy or Reese or whoever. A lot of them are Scott or Dennis. And then that person will usually give us like a demo. And some guys will give you just the guitar. And some guys will work on it a lot and then give you a whole bunch. Mm -hmm. And basically, we keep adding to it. We'll add to it, add to it, add to it. But the main songwriter of that song that submitted it has veto power. Mm. So, yeah, we have like majority shares in that song, even though everyone votes. Mm -hmm. That's smart. I like that. Yeah, that makes sense. And what takes our album so long, like between Engines of a Million Plots and um, Until This Shakes Apart took, I want to say, like almost seven years. And one of the main reasons was Scott is a wonderful songwriter, but he would send us like one song with eight versions of different bridges <laughs> to vote on. And you get kind of muddled up in the details, right? It's too much. It's yeah. too much. It's beautiful. And it's wonderful that he cares. And now he tries so hard on the other side. Yeah. See, to be a democracy and to be a team player mm-hmm. where it's kind of like holds up the process. Um, and like what I meant, and I really mean this from the bottom of my heart, if we could like rent a house for a week or two weeks, some of those key things would just easily work themselves out. But right. because yep. you can't see each other's face and because you can't vibe off each other, you can't be like, sometimes you say things a certain way or you wait because of hurting someone's feelings. And then again, I'm the kind of person who doesn't believe whatever's, I don't believe there's a right and a wrong in music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's nebulous, yeah, sure. right? For sure. Yep. Yeah, subjective. And some people really believe like, no, that's not the right part. I don't know. Yeah, but again, know. it's like, according to who? Or like, according to what metric, you know, like. And- according to Generation X, bro, we believe we're right <laughs> and wrong. <laughs> we are not as postmodern yeah. as we seem. I mean, and it, and it makes it really challenging when you're almost speaking a different language. But you, we, but at the end of the day, we love each other and we're family. But there yeah. can be knock them out, drag them, dude. Knock them I mean, that happens with family, them. though. That's what happens with family. You yeah, know, that's like, family. And when you all like so deeply care about like making the best finished product, I mean, th- those processes are all different for everybody. That's just like. And it's emotional. Right. Yes. Yeah. The, one of the A most of emotional things for me that I had to get over was we ended Engines of a Million Plots with a question. We had always ended albums with a worship kind of song and scott has you know he's an agnostic now and he's had a lot of different changes in his point of views and his faith story which is awesome and he's public with it and we support him definitely Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. but the last song he wrote was to his wife and it's basically saying can you stand the weather if winter lasts forever 
not only is it about marriage, but his faith. And we end the album with that. Dude, I felt like I was going to throw up when they told me that. <laughs> I had to pull over. I called. I was almost crying. I was freaking out. I'm like, we're five iron. No, yeah. <laughs> we can't. Like, we have Because so it felt like songs. a change of like mission statement almost like from a core place. Don't you think? What do you yeah. think? Yeah. No, I mean, that makes sense. I, I really appreciated it, to be honest, because I was in a similar place. Um, and so that for me was actually really connective and it helped bridge the gap for me with with y'all's um, discography and, and the gap of, of y'all as a band right. coming back and then like kind of boldly deciding we're going to we're going to leave a question at the end of the album. I was like, it was it was a little dark. I'll, I'll admit I'll... it's dark, but it's also it's it's poignant, isn't it? It's not yeah. it's obvious. I think it's it obvious. Felt real. I was like, I get this. Like that feels like my experience right now. And so that was actually really comforting on a certain level. And I was like, thank you. Thank you. Five iron. Cheers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's just I, one guy. No, no, I could talk about that record all day. Cause I love that record. And I love how it ended with that question too. Hmm. Um, if I, I, so we talked about like song veto power, how does like, track list and which songs even make the record how does that get decided right. so that's mm. another very 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 feisty conversation <laughs> um, a lot of the songs the hardest one to please the hardest situation is to decide what songs come on and i'll be honest the last two albums i feel like reese hasn't gotten his way and it's hard to see because really? wow. the songs are powerful but mm. we all vote on the order together again, the sequence, we call it sequence and we'll right, send right. them all out. And then we listen to them, send them all out, listen to them, send them all out. And I got a little win on that, this last album. Nice. Yeah. And, and again, it, again, it, the guys, a lot of them happen to be music people, not lyric people, mm -hmm. right? And that's cool, that's fine, that's awesome. And that's how my husband is. And a lot of people will say, I loved Five Iron. I didn't know that song was about that. What are you talking about? Right, right. Um, but that's very important to, me and to Reese. Mm -hmm. Reese writes the lyrics and I adore the lyrics. Like I'm, you know, very poetic and I think about the lyrics and they matter to me. And when I care about a band, like that's life giving, right? Or life breaking. Right. Yeah. So one of the songs that wasn't going to make it on the new album was Wildcat. And it has a line one. and it's, it's, um, it's not an original line. I think Leonard Cohen says something so, sim similar, but it's the concept of uh, the cracks are where the light comes in. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. 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 Something about yeah. where a person is broken, is a, where yeah. they are redeemed. Right. And I said, and I made a big argument and I just was like, nope, this album is dark and it's angry. And we know that. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. That is so okay. <laughs> Trust me as a Hispanic woman, I get it. We got to be yeah. pissed off, but right. we've always been a band that, and again, I love it. And we don't have to be the way we've always been, but we've always pointed finger, but we've, then we've usually through the bridge, had a redemptive story about, and here's how I'm part of the problem. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's one thing that I would say has, has been a, has been a generational shift from a lot of music we hear, whether it's secular or Christian is saying there are issues and here's how I contribute that right, level right, of humility right. that Reese has mm -hmm. um, in his lyrics and vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And so I said, this song needs to be in there or the album is just a big F you. Yeah. And wow. Dennis agreed. Yeah. Dennis agreed. He's like that one line makes or breaks the album for me. Hmm. Wow. Yes. And we got it in. That's yeah. powerful. Yeah. That's amazing. I like that song even more. I'm now. glad. Yeah. It's a I great love song. that song. Like that <laughs> yeah. is it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. Man, yeah. I had I so it, what you're talking about, like how you focus on on lyrics and stuff, that's definitely like TJ's 
whole thing. And like, you know, we, we've kind of adopted these sort of personas or roles on the podcast, but I'm definitely like the way that I listen to music and, and, and consume art is right. just more like vibe and music and, and kind of how it feels. And TJ like mm -hmm. really focuses on lyrics and, right. and stuff. And that's what I, yeah, I wasn't able to like articulate or pinpoint, uh, that moment in particular on the new album but that makes so much sense like yeah it because it yeah. is a really angry album overall but i think that uh yeah that and that 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 song is, is what like track like track 10 12 or 11 no, it's, it's the late second to last the one i think yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and then it goes into Werfano, yeah. which is orphan and right. those are all we all reese just sent a text and says tell me a story of when you've been bullied mm. when wow. we all submitted stories and he took from our stories and made that song. And I couldn't even tell you whose stories are whose. I know a couple of them, but those right. are all Because he just kind of blended them really right, right. beautifully together. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. Was it your story with when you had the mohawk that you got yelled about? Punk rock Punk hair. Punk rock hair, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. The dude that That's I went to homecoming with when we got older, like he, he looked like Michael J. Fox, you know, and had the sunglasses and the, the cool. He thought he was cool. And uh, I got older and he's like, you know, you used to be really pretty until you had punk rock hair. Oh, Oof. my gosh. Oh, well, <laughs> thanks, bud. Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> thanks, bud. I'll see you on Facebook in about 40 years and I'm going to look good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's right. what's weird, though, is a lot of people thought Christianity and punk rock in my life in high school was a fad. And that's what's really funny, because now I see my teenage kids and I'm like, oh, damn, this might not be a fad. Yeah. <laughs> things that they're into. Like, it might be very right. self-defining. That's so cool. That's yeah. Cool. Is it, and, though? It's scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's cool. A little bit of both. I think. Yeah, yeah. It could be cool right. and okay, scary. I'm going to ask you guys all a yeah. question. Ready? It's okay. on the spot. All right. All right. Oh, Okay. Ready. Pick one line and it is going to be either, okay, a lot since you're musical too, like a line or a riff mm. out of Five Iron that is one of your favorites. So it could be a lyric or a song. That's riff. so funny because I was going to ask you the same question. Oh, you can, <laughs> but I go first. All right. All right. You get to go first. So that's uh, it. All right. Who wants, who wants to answer first? Oh, man. Jo I mean, Josh or TJ? TJ seems ready to go. I've, I've got my answer. So it's not even, and and I don't mean this in a disparaging way, but it's not even like my favorite song, but it's probably one of my favorite lines is do all streams lead to one C. And you wrote that, didn't you? I wrote it about Scott and his faith story. Yeah. Uh, I heard that episode uh, of your of your podcast about nature inspiring lyrics. Oh, that one was deep. Leaning in a mystery. Yeah. That was an incredible episode. That's an incredible song. And that line, it speaks to me a lot. So thank you. I'm glad you got to you whatever you did yeah. to push through in the songwriting and all i had to do on that one was nothing because reese was like listen to the song he's like i got nothing <laughs> every once in a while i get really lucky because he's like you can have this one <laughs> yeah well whatever however it worked out i'm just glad nothing else got in the way and that was able to like kind of yeah. channel through you because that was amazing i, I love that thank line. you thank you yeah. that is pretty cool and it is a beautiful like theme and reason to write a song i that was really touching mm -hmm. for me so mm -hmm. Thanks. Wow. I've got mine if Kyla need, need more yeah, time or let's something. Hear it. Well, All yeah, right. Josh, you go. No. Let's hear Josh. Man, I was so scared. I was like, oh, what do I do? This isn't <laughs> like if it would I, on engine, I wouldn't pick this as like my overall favorite song, but there's mm -hmm. in We Own the Skies, uh, in the second verse where Reese is saying, This Trojan horse inside my chest is screaming for the life I left, my kingdom for a steady paycheck. 
and I, I I relate to like the lyrics and but I just love how that line comes across and because that's what like right like it builds right into the chorus there so right something like I love that you asked that question because that's always been something for me like I'm like I don't know why I love that part so much but I mm-hmm. do and so like now I get to talk about it and yeah <laughs> so that that is what well, I would say uh, this is not my favorite one either but in that's or uh, one of those I think it's that song or maybe it's I am Jack smirking revenge but when it says uh you are not the space that you rent. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. how does he come up with that? That's so good. Yeah, so good. So good. Really phenomenal. Like that, Both of those were very beautiful, articulate answers, and in typical <laughs> CJ in fashion. Are you gonna start sing a guitar part? <laughs> no, I just like <laughs> so they that that's the thing. Okay, so going back to like our personas, like. TJ picked a very specific lyric. Josh picked like a very specific like musical moment. And I'm just like such a vibe guy. Like I can't pinpoint okay. a specific thing, but Blue Comb 78 is something that I just like the general vibe of that story mm-hmm. uh, is something that like pops into my head a lot. I think I think right. because it's like it's really narrative and I, I feel like I focus on like kind of big picture narrative. Like I think I've actually used that as a reference point on a couple different episodes, right guys? Yeah. Like can, can confirm. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, this song this song reminds me of like Blue Comb 78. Like they go the really whole, well together. You know what so. it's about, right? Like the metaphor. Do I? I mean, you should probably tell us. I mean, we have, have an idea. I have an idea. You know what, you know what Blue Comb's about, right? No, tell me. Losing the Comb. No, on the you tell me. What do you think? I mean, this is I mean, maybe you've heard, maybe you don't. I haven't, no, I haven't, I, I've done, like, I I just know for me in particular, like, kind of how I, like, I interpret uh, this story as, like, a, not like a loss of innocence, but just sort of like a defining, like, childhood moment, which I have a lot of those, like, in, like, relationship with my dad and stuff right. that it just kind of really connects to. But I don't know any specifics on, on what. It's uh, the idea of the comb is his childhood. Like, um, okay, mm-hmm. okay, cool. Okay, you know, so I'm he not is, a complete idiot. His, that was the last time he saw his parents together before they got divorced. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Wow. So, and that, so that have you sense. seen wow. my comb, you know? Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. So it is, it is a lot deeper. Yeah, yeah. But, Man, I mean, I guess this... you kind of. I by now people kind of get it, but in the beginning it was just blue comb, blue comb, blue comb, and then when it finally, you know, after you start doing some interviews, it's like, oh. Well, yeah. say whenever everyone just like brings blue combs to the show, is he like, do. this yeah. is about like my parents like, getting yeah. divorced. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Like, heavy. well, because the song feels really like like melancholy to me. Like I have right. that that. That's, that's another the line. Vibe I have that to say. I another line. Um, I saw it recently. Someone posted it like in a. Uh, in a clip and they said, you know, how can I save the world on cup of soup and student loans? I love the whole lyrics of where the zero meets the 15 because that um, where the zero meets 15 was so much of our lives. Like we lived in a band house mm. in Capitol Hill. We were broke, dude. We had one meal a day. Most of us like we were wow. so broke. we were going to college. We were doing this band. We were opening for like really big bands like you know, mm-hmm. Lesson Jake, Cherry Pop and Daddy's, like MU330, all the like, wow. quote unquote, secular greats within our first right. year of existence. Mm-hmm. And yet we were these dorky Christians. <laughs> and the funny thing that people don't get, and I've said this in some interviews, but we never, I don't feel, and I'm pretty sure I'm right. We never felt like a top down of like, you have to do this. It was always like, we want to do this. Will they let us? Mm-hmm. And yeah. the, this is the make a church, be Christians, preach, give money to these things. Like, Everything spiritual we wanted to do was our ideas. We never mm-hmm. had. Right. It wasn't because of label. We looked for a Christian label. 
Yeah, that was your punk rock ethos, right? Was like being self-starters. Yeah, yeah. It was having just a vision. So naturally, like when I joined the band, they had a Bible study at their band house. Mm. And uh, they let homeless people stay there. And the homeless people would always steal their stuff. Mm. They would have communion with Twinkies and grape soda. Like, but it would be sacred. <laughs> you know, like yeah, Reese yeah, and Keith so had bad. thick, thick, thick theological books on their shelves. And we had our own rules about not drinking on the road. Like we were self um, like I mean, we were legalistic. Yeah. Let's get that right. We were legalistic, right. but at that age, we were trying to self-regulate. Mm-hmm. Where, where a lot of people were probably just embracing every possible choice out there when they're on the road and touring. And I had already done that in junior high. <laughs> <laughs> it was you were ahead of the curve. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. It was time to just be good. <laughs> Love the there Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, but we gotta we gotta ask you that same question. We gotta ask yeah. you what's your favorite. Okay, what is the question? The question is, can you refer us to a specific uh, line, whether it's a musical line or a lyrical line uh, that you just really love? Yeah, well, I mean, there's so many. Obviously, anyone would say like, freedom means love without condition, mm-hmm. without a beginning and an end. Mm-hmm. Here's my heart, let it be forever yours. Only you can make every new day seem so new. Today, one of the things I do is I host a chapel at an elderly folks home twice uh, twice a month. And so I like to think of life as basically like just a little pretty little package. And every day that God gives us is that little package for that day, right? That day. Right. And I really do think like even just the idea of of every new day, like every new Mm. day is a new chance, a new I feel like that um, that idea was so much bigger than Reese than than y'all's band than anything. I mean, mm-hmm. when when I first heard that song, like it it did speak to me in a way that I couldn't really like parse out or understand. And even now, like you're saying, you're making a beautiful point with a lyric that's been around for oh god, how many years now has that know. song been existing? Maybe twenty twenty five. No, about twenty five. And it's just that as song, like precious. That lyric and, can almost rent a car. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Oh, you mean how old it is? It's old yeah. Wait a minute, it's that good. I'm like, I don't yeah. think I can create a car for a lyric. I've tried some crazy things. But when you said, okay, so Kylan, back to the vibe idea, right? Right. There's mm. a place where I think the vibe of the music and the lyrics go perfectly, perfectly succinctly. And there's two songs that I think do that. And one is um, American Kryptonite. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Just the the intensity of that song and then the horns mm-hmm. of that song and the bye, take, break, throw it away. Just so good. And then yeah. the second one, and this is probably my biggest answer for this part, would be where the, the notes of the song and the lyrics, and we've never played it live, and I don't think we could, and I know we wouldn't, put it that mm-hmm. way, is the end of On Distant Shores. Like over and over and Reese is singing about like going up this mountain and trying and trying and trying and you just feel that tension and like when is it gonna break and it goes on and 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 it's almost like it honestly was hard to play and record emotionally too because you wanted to break but you're still playing this piece so you can't take a break organically because it would just sound wrong so you have to keep that breath and you have to go up that mountain. I mean, as a saxophone player, like you have to make this happen to make this part happen. It was cool. It was really cool. And it was it was a powerful and actually like when you'd get done, it's like, oh, I did it. <laughs> yeah. Cross it off my list. Big it's like sharp. cathartic. It's like a release. There, that's the word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
when that song finally breaks into the every new day part yeah we weren't sure if that was a good idea but when it does that it's like it is cathartic that's like the swimming to the floating right right you can just relax just stop yeah just (laughs) Just stop take a breath (laughs) wow that was great Yeah, yeah i love that my my, my second answer was going to be I really like when Reese apologizes to the parents for buying the CD on <laughs> Kingdom of the Dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, That's a great one. This, Five Iron does both, you know? You do those. I know. Great, you can get real deep and you can get real yeah, silly too. Yep. Okay, what's a song you don't like? That's okay. It doesn't mm. bum me out. I think it's fine. I have plenty. <laughs> Man. We've never had to tell. I've never had to tell someone like I don't like your song. It's okay. <laughs> um, who am Fine. I? That's why we make so many. Not everybody's. Uh, yeah, that's I true. feel like that's got... a harder question to answer. Actually, not you really. Know? Have you listened to uh, all the hype? <laughs> yeah, that one's that one's. Okay. There's some weird ones on there. Which which uh, ones on there are are hurricanes? Less... Hurricanes. Okay. It's got some weird Spanish in the beginning. You don't feel that part. I don't feel the doesn't, song. Doesn't work. Mm. Fair I, enough. I love that you're being candid about this. That's the yeah, best. I don't like that song. That's um, so cool. I also don't like the rap on that album. Mm. That's valid. Okay. Yep. Probably a good call. Yep. Yep. I was just trying to be cute and funny, but it's not. I mean, it's a skipper, <laughs> you know. Right. Everyone goes, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that. Well, right. right. Like, well, like, you, you did not need convinced. Something. You were trying something at that point. Yeah. Like, it was an experiment. And right, we don't know until we try. We put it out there, see if it works. Yeah, you had to adjust your whole dynamic after faking Scott life. Left. Terrible yeah. song, faking life. It was unfortunate I wrote those lyrics, but faking life is not a good song. Why is that? Um, it's because I didn't know people were gonna listen to it. Like we used to just mm. play in the basement, and then suddenly it was like we need to make an album, and it was one we had been doing live, and it was fun. The notes and the horns were part, but. I wish I could have rewrote it. Like if I knew people would really hear it, then I would have like taken it seriously. But I didn't know back then you're just putting it in a notebook and here's a song where he sings when we play. Seven other right. people hear it. Yeah. You had no, we had no idea if people were going to hear it. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. This, this is a great, like I did want to ask what are, it's funny that you approached it the opposite way, but I was curious, like what are some of the maybe more underrated moments in five hours discography that like you love personally, or like what's a song that you're like, this should be one of our most popular songs. Like, why don't? But people, it's not. Why? Why haven't people yeah. caught on to this or something? I mean, I've always felt that way about Eulogy because I think that the horn line is so beautiful. Hmm. Um, I felt it was very melodic. One thing we never really tried, uh, and I'd like to do it. Like, do you remember when Metallica released S and M and they had like the big orchestra behind them? They did. Mm. Metallica did their songs with an orchestra behind them. I bet that was and, incredible. It's still incredible. better than the album they did with Lou Reed. Yeah, two CD album, which, you know, it's like 20 hours with Metallica songs. <laughs> mm. But I wish we would have done some of our songs with orchestras. I could see Eulogy yeah. be a really beautiful song. And World Without End. I think that that chorus, oh, it was a church. Yeah. We asked a church to do that. And it had they had the big bells you can kind of hear. I do think that song is powerful. I just don't think it, it's really hard to pull off live because it's so fast. And it's hard to get that beat. Like, it doesn't put it this way. We went from punk beat to more groove, I feel. Mm-hmm. And not just because we're in our 40s, but it's it's hard to perform really punk beats. Like, Milestone will still do in some of those songs, but it's, you you got to kind of, people more like groove than just fast, fast, fast all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe but if creates less listener fatigue, groove. right? Mm-hmm. Like, people, people get less fatigued over the course of 
an right. album that's more groove based as opposed to just like get more yeah. time to catch your breath in between skanking sessions well i think that's why <laughs> that too yeah we talked about that on on our episode of um of until this shakes apart i think why i connected to that more than i did because we did our newest album ever and mm-hmm. I, I i coined the term ska fatigue like oh, by, yeah. the, by by the oh, end of the album oh, it's just like a festival yeah <laughs> just i believe that first yeah it's you like want to like I, every band but after like 30 I, bands right. of, oh, you're done right blasted yeah yeah it's just like yeah i think i think yeah especially that Absolutely. new album is a lot groovier and you know there's some ups and downs and hills i think and like hills. songs like renegades um like that's got a powerful groove mm-hmm. um, yes yeah, and that's a great obviously theory. we haven't talked very much about the lyrics of that album, but th- those are very, 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 uh, I think it's going to be interesting. We're going to perform this Saturday. We have a show in Denver Nice. and it'll be our first time. I'm not going to give away all the goods as far as all the new songs we're going to play, but we are going to play Renegades. And I was thinking about that song and it's not a smiley, laughy song. No, it's, and mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting because it's kind of like new hope. Like when you perform it, it's somber. You're still mm-hmm. rocking out. You're still having fun. You still have your friends in the crowd. And you're still performing the song, but it is no time for like inflatables or whatever. Levity, like, yeah. Right, yeah, right, right. Like, it's song. just a little different. It just yeah. feels a little different. You want everyone holding up a blue comb? It's like you're still not getting it. Not now. <laughs> not now. Yeah, it's not the vibe right now. Yeah, but we'll see. Because, like I said, we've never performed these, so this will be interesting to see the the crowd's reaction and the way we know they like Renegades is because we had for one of our Kickstarter things is people could. It was like this, but it was a bunch of little squares, like a Zoom right. thing, where they could talk to us, and we played the whole album for them, and we watched their faces as they heard it oh, for the first wow, time. Interesting. It was so cool. Yeah. But it was almost it too cool. overwhelming because right. <laughs> there's a lot of stimulus. Like one, the band members are in front of you watching you. Two, we're yeah, like yeah. freaking out at them like this, yeah, like, like <laughs> what do you think? What do you think? And then three, we're Mike is trying to find the lyrics and frantically get them out there so they could understand the lyrics while they're hearing it. Mm. And then at the end of all of it, we said, do you want to hear one more? And the consensus was Renegades a second time. Oh, wow. wow. Interesting. Mm -hmm. We were surprised too. We're like, really? Yeah. Yeah. But that makes sense. I mean, there's a lot to chew on in that song. And so I can see why they'd want like a, a repeat listen to really Mm-hmm. engage with Plus, it. I think I if you say the name to yeah. a song, it's like easy to think of that one, whether than do I want to risk tra- saying we're Fano wrong? Or well, <laughs> right, sometimes right. Reese's name no, songs yeah. are like, I'd rather just say something else. Like, right, right. <laughs> uh, Renegades, that one. Right. Oh, I thought yeah, of another right. song I don't like by Five Iron Frenzy. Okay. Most Let's likely to succeed. Really? I'm so over that horn part. But yeah. over and over and over and over. <laughs> We could have had a little more variety. It just gets at the well, end. And if anybody gets to be tired of it, again, it's you. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. You, you, you've earned that. You've earned yeah, that. Yeah. It could be better. Forever. <laughs> it's not a bad song, but it could be better. Have you ever thought about um, doing like a redux of some of the horn parts for Yeah, I think Scott had the idea, and I don't know if it would ever happen, but like, I think, actually, I think it was Andy's idea, but Andy is really into old school Scott, like dub mm. stuff, like more... Mm-hmm almost reggae. Mm-hmm. And so if we could take some of those faster ones and revamp them Ooh. into a group. Yeah. So, That'd be so sometimes cool. you guys play That'd around at practice and it's so easy for them to like just jam on some of our old songs. It's like, yeah, oh gosh. Yes. Oh, that'd be so sweet. It would I'd be good. That. I think it would yeah. be good. I think it'd be awesome. Like just an EP of 
reworking. So I, I think it could happen for sure. It's yeah. something we always throw around. We just haven't like made time for it, but yeah, we're not going sweet. anywhere. I mean, I'll, the joke is that I'll be doing this when I'm menopausal. So excellent. I mean, solid joke. The <laughs> joke. It's just reality. Yep. <laughs> like, did I think I'm, I'll be, I'll be 46 in about a month. And I joined this band when I was 18. That's amazing. That's a long time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I was in high school and I used to drive up on the weekends. I can't. Like you don't, it's, I can't comprehend it. I mean, yeah. I've been in so many bands. And it's like, huh? I, I was going to say, I've been in so many bands and like right. none of them had even right. like a half-life's half-life, half-life <laughs> of what Five Iron has had. Well, and it's right. funny too, because we're like, everybody's getting excited about the show. Everybody's flying out. All oh, the wives are making the potluck. Okay. All the kids are coming. <laughs> it's a family. Best. Yeah. We're going to have a big old party after practice. We'll be exhausted and happy. Yeah. That's so cool. I'm going to have a margarita that is well earned. Yeah. 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 I mean, (laughs) do it. Is that something that you just like see Five Iron just continuing just forever at this point? I don't want to do a whole nother big goodbye. Like Mm -hmm. one thing that was cool was recently uh, Me Without You did their goodbye. And I got to see their last show here. And then my husband flew to Philadelphia to see the last last Ah, show. And I think it's. I think it is beautiful. I do. Mm-hmm. But we did yeah. that. Right. And it's not to say like, would you fade? But I've been in a few bands that have faded. Okay. You can fade. Mm. Okay. I think. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we, we, we've talked about actually that, that concept, like a bunch of bands that have done the like farewell tour and then come back. But then like, I don't know, you, you guys have always sort of been like a, like a really good example of the, you know, take a break for a while, live life and then like get back together and just play good music, you know? And okay, you can, yeah, but, and th- that seems but wait, like, but here's the thing. We <laughs> did not think we were going to get back together. Really? Yeah. I, I, I did not. To ask about I that. did not. I never, never, so, never. So never what, what changed then? What happened? I had a tiny house and a barbecue and Micah, it was his birthday and we made him a cake and Scott came, which was weird. Cause I hadn't seen him in years and his <laughs> wife and, my husband and me were there and Dennis happened to be in town and with his wife and kids. And we just had a barbecue. Right. Right. And then Dennis out of the blue said, um, like not everybody was there. I don't think Brad was there. I don't think Reese was there. And Scott said, I've been writing songs and I wonder what it would be mm. like to have you guys on them. Mm. And Micah mm. and I were like, do not joke about this. <laughs> like, oh, no, it's not funny. My heart. Yeah. Don't and, get my hopes uh, up, man. <laughs> but then he was like, no, really? Like, he was, you know, he's serious. And we're like, oh my gosh. And then it became time to talk about it. And uh, Reese was the one pretty much was like, we got to talk about this. I feel like we should do it. And it mm. was like, okay, cool. That's amazing. That's so cool, though. I it love does, that it came it out of just like a barbecue. A family. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this goes back to the whole thing. Like though, a surprise guys. party. Like a family. Yeah. yeah. Well, cool. We're, we're right about an hour. So, like, we don't want to take up too much more of your time. Um, yeah. I don't know if there's there's anything else that i would like to end one more with one more question you guys have landed on a bang uh well i have a game but we don't have <laughs> oh, to do that because it's game. silly and goofy and we don't have to do that so if no i, I want to do i want to try it i want to try i mean i'll say this a blast no I, so I i like to do okay so i i i the game is fun i, I ran a ch- Oh yeah so fun it's a well, blast. you never know every time they don't know they they haven't played the game I do so. What I, I'm saying is, every other game that you've done has always been fun. Like, I've never been disappointed. Uh, I like to base them on puns. 
So I have a five question quiz. I'm gonna suck at this, but go ahead. <laughs> For we the three of you, it's we okay. Always, it's okay. We're, we're it doesn't terrible. matter. It doesn't matter. Okay. okay. Do I have to look intellectual? I can't do it. No, no, no. I'm calling okay. this game the Matthew Miss McConaissance game. Uh, <laughs> so you know how Matthew McConaughey had the they they called it the McConaissance, but I mixed it with Scott. You're already pissing so, me so, off. Let's try. I again. know. I know. <laughs> what are we doing? I want to so just play. Don't tell me nothing about okay, it. Okay. Well, so essentially, I, I have I have five questions. And I'm going to okay. give you a title. I'm going to give everyone a title, and you have to guess whether it's a movie that Matthew McConaughey was in, or it's the title of a ska song from a, a ska band. Okay, I'll try it. All everyone right, here we go. To be on it though. Er, yeah, the three oh, yeah. of y'all. We all oh, have to win. Yep. Uh, question one: Making sandwiches. Is that a Matthew McConaughey film, or is that a ska title? Ska title. Ska Ska title. You guys are all wrong. That's a Matthew McConaughey short film from 1998. <laughs> oh I think we should make that movie. I know. <laughs> you need a song for the movie now. Incredible. Uh, question two. History of a Boring Town. That sounds like a Ska song. TJ, you're going with Ska I'm gonna song? Say, I'm going to say yeah. Matthew. Matthew movie. Okay. Movie. TJ is the only one that got it right. That's a less than Jake song. Uh, oh yeah! <laughs> Good job, dude. All right, here we go. Question, question number guess, three. Honestly, two for the money. Well, that's a song, but it's not necessarily a ska song, is it? Oh, I was just thinking of the lyric from the Elvis song. <laughs> right. I'm gonna say movie. movie. Okay, we got two for movie. Because it sounds like an '80s movie title, doesn't it? Like it does, yeah. And it would be okay, like I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go movie too. Yeah. All right, all three of y'all saying movie. Y'all are all right. That is a 2005 Matthew McConaughey movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, we got two more questions. What, like, I, have, I have no idea. I don't know. Okay. I just <laughs> <laughs> this is not the podcast for that. Okay. I don't think anyone saw it. Here we go. Question four. All I want is more. Song. Ska song. Yeah, it sounds like a ska song. Okay, all three of y'all got that one right too. That's a real big fish song. There you go. And here we go. Last question. One, two, eight. Is are there dashes in between? I know yes, you there are. To say there song. are dashes. There okay. are dashes between the one, two, and the eight. I'm gonna say movie. Okay. No, yeah. Blended family. That's valid. All right. No, so you Josh want me to says, say song, but I'm saying Josh movie. Says song. Josh says movie. Leonor yeah. says movie, and TJ says song. I'm gonna go song. Yeah. All right, TJ, you're the winner of our game. That is oh, Mighty, Mighty Boss Tones. Woo! Oh, okay. <laughs> Nice. That was all pretty Boston close. But, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's not as hard as I thought. I thought it was going to be on me. So I'm glad. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, yeah. No, no. no we I, like, play. I surprise them with some ridiculous nonsense at, yeah. every time. That was. <laughs> Thank you for playing the Matthew Mix Sconnaissance game. <laughs> Uh, so Leonore, uh, thank you so much for coming on and doing our silly little podcast. You are yes. very welcome. It was very fun to come on here and talk about music. The best oh, thing. Yes. Ever, right. Yes. We love music. Yes. We, yeah. Thanks for getting nerdy with us and talking about like just deep diving into that was very like cool. band. Pro- yeah. Like, like TJ said, we've all been in a million bands and we've all played together and stuff. And so I think, uh, the thing that I enjoyed most about this was hearing about like, band dynamics and the sort mm-hmm. of democratic mm-hmm. process in which y'all make stuff that's just like yeah. um, i'm fascinated by it so i had a great time thank you so 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 much you are very welcome yes. yeah and oh, my heart is warmed that y'all are gonna be one of those bands that like may fade or whatever you do whatever whatever your your deal is whatever your vibe is like right i'm man i'm just so grateful to get to chat with you and uh big big fan of all that y'all do so 
I will say that we on. cannot break up until we do this whole like back in the day redub of rewrite. Yes, you have yes. to. You have to. Oh, man, like, please. We do want to break up. We got to do this first. That's, That's like the it. final send off. Yeah. 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 Oh, that'd, that'd be, be a beautiful way. That's so good. All right. All right. Well, thank Take you care, guys. Be so well. Much. All right. Have a great night. Adios.